What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video. And I feel like for the past few months, I've talked a ton about this 2022 rookie class, but a lot of those videos have been in the context of dynasty fantasy football. So projecting these players long-term, but I haven't done much in terms of like short-term projection for these rookies. So I thought today would be a good opportunity to go through some of my favorite rookie redraft targets. So this isn't, you know, like I love this player in two, three, four years. This video is more so like, I think these players are going to be great values at their ADP just for the 2022 season. So I'll be talking about where they're currently being drafted, you know, why I like them at that price and just doing, you know, some breakdowns on some of these rookie players. If you guys are watching this and enjoy the content, as always, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Do you agree that these players are values at their current price? Or are you guys targeting some other rookies? Want to hear your thoughts? I'll make sure to get back to everyone. So let me know down below in the comment section. And let's jump into the first player I want to talk about. And that is going to be Brees Hall. Right now, he's being drafted as the early fifth round pick. I kind of feel like the role he's being drafted in right now is a running back who's going to lead his backfield, but kind of have some competition. So basically like the leader of a crowded backfield. And I feel like this situation is just much closer to Brees Hall's floor because with that early second round draft capital, I mean, it's almost a guarantee that he is going to be leading this backfield. You know, like maybe there's like a 3% chance Michael Carter's the RB1, but given what we know about Brees Hall, his fantastic college production, the draft capital, it's clear the Jets want him to be the running back one. So with all that said, you know, I think he's going to be the number one there. And personally, I'm not overly concerned with his running back competition. You look at a guy like Michael Carter. Yeah, he was solid last year, decent for fantasy. But I mean, Michael Carter didn't break out of this backfield. He was in a committee with Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. And clearly, you know, the Jets saw what he did last year. He was on the roster. They didn't need to go out and draft a running back if they thought he was the guy. So clearly they don't think he is the future running back there. So Carter could definitely be the running back too on this team. See, you know, a decent amount of touches per game, but nothing crazy. And I think Brees Hall could easily be a three down back for this team. Carter could work in, but I really don't think his touches are going to be competitive with Brees Hall. I've seen this narrative going around that Michael Carter is going to kind of come in here and take away a lot of the third down opportunities, take away Brees Hall's receiving work. And I just don't really know where this is coming from. I feel like people are wildly overestimating Michael Carter's pass catching abilities. You know, he was decent last year, decent in college. But if you look back to their college profiles, I mean, every single year, you look freshman, sophomore, junior year, Brees Hall outproduced Michael Carter as a pass catcher. And I think Brees Hall is just the overall better athlete. He's the overall better player basically everywhere. So give me Brees Hall going in the fifth round in redraft all day long. I mean, if you're drafting him as like your RB3, you know, maybe you go running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, and you can snag Brees Hall as like a flex play. That is fantastic. Maybe you're someone who likes to wait on running backs snag a bunch of these elite wide receivers, plug in Brees Hall as you know, you're running back one, running back two. I think he's a great option if you know that's kind of your draft strategy. But no matter how you're picking, I think Brees Hall in the fifth round is going to be a value every single time. And we're just going to run through all the running backs first. And the next RB I have, you know, is way down the draft board, but it is going to be a Damian Pierce being drafted as the RB 42. This is kind of early double digit rounds but he is walking into a wide open Texans backfield. And he is someone, I kind of mentioned the difference at the top of the video between dynasty and redraft. 
Damian Pierce is someone who I think is being way overvalued in Dynasty because people think he has this day one role, but that doesn't mean you know he's going to hold on to that role into year two, year three, but heading into year one, I think he's a great value. He's competing against guys like Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, and I understand there's no guarantee he takes over, but that's why you're picking him in the double-digit rounds. You're really not wasting a ton of draft capital here. He's not an elite prospect. He was a fourth-round pick, and he never operated as a workhorse in college, but the competition he is going up against is equally, you know, or if not more flawed than he is. Rex Burkhead, he's going to be 32 by the time the season starts, and he's never rushed for over 500 yards in a season. Marlon Mack has definitely put together some good seasons in his career. You know, he rushed for 908 yards and then 1,091 yards in 2018 and then 2019, but he tore his Achilles at the beginning of the 2020 season. We know that's a very tough injury to come back from. He returned in 2021 and then basically did nothing. He appeared in six games, rushed the ball 28 times for 101 yards and 3.6 yards per carry, and he was a healthy scratch the majority of the year. So I feel like there's been some people talking about, you know, why do you think Pierce is going to take over if Marlon Mack is there? It's totally possible Mack does take over. But, you know, this is not the Marlon Mack from 2018, 2019. This guy suffered a very serious injury and then did nothing last season. Couldn't even operate as like the RB3 for the Colts. So there's no guarantees, you know, this late in the draft. But I'd definitely be willing to take a shot on a guy like Damian Pierce. Another late round running back I really like is going to be Rashad White. And he is actually going just right after Damian Pearson drafts. And they're going to be very different players in terms of like their roles that they're going to have. But Rashad White's going as the RB43, also in those early double digit rounds. But if you're drafting Rashad White, you are picking him because he is an elite handcuff for Leonard Fournette. I don't think he's going to come in and compete for RB1 touches with Fournette. I think Lenny's going to be the clear RB1. I think White can carve out some sort of receiving role and snag a few carries you know, on downs where Leonard Fournette is out of the game. But I think in fantasy football, handcuff running backs are going to continue to be more and more common for fantasy football because you may look at them as kind of like a dead spot on your roster. But if we're being honest here, if you've got a guy like Alexander Madison who becomes like a probably a low-end RB1 if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, I feel like that is a lot more valuable than carrying like a wide receiver six who's scoring like 11 points per game. So I feel like a lot of people should be rostering these running backs especially when you can get a handcuff on a top running back, where if Leonard Fournette goes down, Rashad White could see a three down roll. We know that's kind of in his potential. White is going to be competing with guys like Giovanni Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn for that RB2 role. Not really stiff competition here. You know, the Bucks clearly saw a need at running back, which is why they picked Rashad White in the third round. Giovanni Bernard is 30 years old and didn't really play a big role last year. I kind of thought he was going to be the third down back there. He really was not, you know, he was in on third in very long situations, but Fournette still had a ton of third down opportunities. And then Keyshawn Vaughn has just done nothing. He, you know, I don't even know if he's going to be on the team past this season. So I do like Rashad White as one of these elite handcuff players. Then for the last rookie running back that I'm targeting, it is going to be Tyler Algier being drafted as the RB 47. And I feel like this is just a very similar situation to Damian Pierce. He's not an elite prospect fifth round pick, but I think he's going to have the opportunity to come in and play from day one. We know Cordero Patterson is there. He's going to get some carries, but I mean, by no means is he a workhorse running back. We saw Mike Davis, who was really just abysmal last year, get 138 carries and 58 targets. 
So if Davis can get those numbers as like the RB2 and still perform terribly, I feel like that role is out there for someone to come in and snag it. We know they cut Mike Davis. And Tyler Algier is basically going to be competing against Damian Williams, who you know is much older, was buried on the Bears depth chart last season. So I really like Algier as like a potential late round dart that I think could see a role early on in the season and, you know, have some fantasy relevancy throughout the 2022 season. And now let's shift over to the wide receiver position. And I'm going to start it off here with George Pickens, currently being drafted as the wide receiver 61. That is like a 12th round pick. And I've been a big fan of George Pickens' talent for a while now. He was an early college producer, did it against top competition, solid athlete, has a tall frame, and he got second round draft capital. Plus, he goes to the Steelers, who just have a fantastic track record with bringing in these top wide receivers. And I just don't think there's any reason for him to be drafted this low, especially when we're looking at the recent success of wide receivers kind of picked in the same range. We had Elijah Moore go in the second round last year. In 2020, it was Higgins and his teammate Claypool. In 2019, we had guys like Debo and A.J. Brown. I do understand the Steelers have a lot of target competition. You've got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth. Najee's going to be involved in the receiving game. But here with Pickens, I'm just going to be betting on the talent. But remember, just a season ago, Chase Claypool stepped into a crowded Steelers wide receiver room with Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster and still managed to average 13.4 points per game. I think that's totally in the range of outcomes for George Pickens. So I really like him here going in like early double digit rounds, 12th round more specifically. Just a little bit behind George Pickens, we've got Jahan Dotson, who's being drafted as the wide receiver 64, going in the 13th round. And this is just a very low risk spot to draft a first round wide receiver. His landing spot is definitely not ideal. You know, probably best case scenario, he's the wide receiver two on a poor passing attack led by Carson Wentz. But if Jahan Dotson is a good NFL wide receiver, He's going to find a way to produce for fantasy football, and I just think he has significantly more upside than any other wide receiver you're going to find this late in drafts. And then for my final rookie that I'm targeting, it is going to be David Bell, going as the wide receiver 68, the 13th round, and he's just one of my favorite prospects from the 2022 class. You know, I'm rooting for all these guys to succeed, but I feel like David Bell is kind of one of my guys. I feel like he landed in a great position on the Deshaun Watson-led Cleveland Browns. You've got Amari Cooper there as the wide receiver one, but I feel like that wide receiver two role is wide open. David Bell was a producer from day one in college, a thousand plus receiving yards as a freshman, and then averaged a hundred plus yards per game in his sophomore and junior seasons. So you're looking at other wide receivers in this range. I would much rather go with a guy like David Bell than pick a guy like Van Jefferson or KJ Osborne. We don't know what we're going to get out of David Bell, but we know what we're going to get out of the players around him. And it is nowhere near the ceiling of a guy like David Bell, who could be the wide receiver two on a team led by Deshaun Watson. So that is going to wrap it up for some of my top rookie targets. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'm going to be uploading videos daily. So thank you all for staying to the end and I'll see you guys in the next one.